lifelong process. Hello there, this is The Recovery Guy. And if this is Thursday, and it is, this is The Checkup. Thank you so much for uh, coming back. Hopefully you were able to uh, listen on Monday for The Fix, because who doesn't like a good fix, right? Uh, Even though I've gone from broken to whole, there's still parts parts about me that periodically need to get fixed or need to get right. And so uh, I go to that fix. I make it right and move forward. Come about Thursday. It's time to do a little checkup. Uh, Obviously, with with my personal recovery, I'm doing a a checkup and an inventory on a daily basis. And if something's wrong, I uh, take care of business and get it right so I can be more effective even the next day. Uh, But, you know, I get to my week. It's Thursday. Uh, my week is going strong. I need to do that checkup from the neck up. So on Thursdays, I usually do a little deeper uh, checkup than I do the rest of the week just to make sure that if there is anything that I've left behind or didn't quite clear up or I thought I did, but now it's starting to rear its negative head again, I can go ahead and uh, uh, name it, claim it, dump it, right, as it were. You know, one of the things for those of us uh, in recovery and who are looking to reinvent themselves, and regardless of how you get to a place in recovery, and recovery isn't just for people who are addicted to alcohol, drugs, food, anger, pornography, emotions. You know what? It's for everyone. You know, there's, there's no person ever born that has been immune to negative side of life where it's going to get us a little sideways whether we like it or not. Uh, there's no person who is immune to that. And if uh, if there is a person out there who said they've never been affected by that, well, I can guarantee you that person will lie about other things also, right? So we're going to speak truth. We're going to tell it like it is. And so I'm glad that you're here with me today. Um, I love... Uh, uh, I love the opportunity to share what's on my heart and what's on my mind and, and how we can, again, become better versions of uh, of who we are in this life so we can have a greater impact to those around us. You know, there's another side to recovery that I think we who are looking to recover need to be really sensitive to. This is a, in the beginning of my recovery you know, back in 1986, 87, I sort of overlooked this. Um, however, now that I frame it a little bit differently, I understand even the deeper significance it had back then. You know, uh, back in 1987, I'd, I'd been clean and sober a little bit more than a year, and I was looking to get back to Southern California to go stay and and with family members and and look about uh, looking about you know opening up another phase of my life and going back to where I had come from uh, prior to moving to Las Vegas uh, back in 1980. So moving back to Southern California was significant for a couple of reasons. Number one, I had lots of family and friends there. Uh, number two, 
um, I wanted to see if I could continue to get well outside of Las Vegas. And interestingly enough, getting clean and sober in Las Vegas is just like getting clean and sober anywhere else. And no matter where you start your journey, it's always going to seem to be the most challenging place. But the challenge is with us. It's not with the help being offered. So I moved back to Southern California, but prior to doing that, I actually had to sit down with family members and go through almost like a checklist that they had of why they should welcome me back into their life that I had disrupted so greatly for such a long period of time. And fortunately, a couple of my family members really cared for me greatly and I understood where they were coming from with their concern. Their concern was for themselves, obviously, to maintain those healthy boundaries because I had violated the um, sanctity of those boundaries so often um, and so deeply. So they also cared for me as well. They wanted to make sure that this move was going to be good for me because if it wasn't good for them and it wasn't good for me, then it's not a move that they wanted to support. So let's, let's um, you know, fast forward to uh, a year and a half ago. Uh, on social media, uh, shout out to my, my dear friend Susie. Uh, Susie is an amazing person. And I, I met Susie on social media. Uh, and she had a, a person who was near, near and dear to her who was suffering with addiction. And... So I, I attempted to come alongside this person and unfortunately they, they didn't want to um, hear my message. They had um, actually re rejected me uh, because I, they thought I had something against them or they certainly had something against me, which was their fuel for why they shouldn't care for me. And therefore, they even got to reject my message as a result. Through all of that, though, Susie and I became very good friends. And she subsequently met Laura, my wife, and, and um, now they're friends as well. So last week, when I was thinking about this episode, I thought, you know, I want to hear from the other side. I, I, I want to know what they think is important in reconciling uh, with a person who is being reintroduced into their life. So I messaged Susie and I said, you know, for my next podcast, I'd like you to send me three things that a person uh, in early recovery needs to practice to increase the confidence of the codependent or significant other or family member. Uh, and she got back to me rather quickly. And Susie does have great thoughts about this. And I, once again, I appreciate her contribution. So here are the things that Susie said, and I'll walk through them. Uh, and, then, and then I'll step back through them 
uh, one by one to dig just a little deeper to make sure we fully grasp uh, how we can best use this information. And, you know, as I as I read about this and um, and I understood the importance of the person early in recovery, I thought, you know what, these things are still true for me in in the in my life and people that that um, I had harmed uh, in in my in my addiction and in my using. I still need to do these things in a different way on a different level. So here are the things that uh, Susie said, and you you may want to write these down or at least uh, bookmark this podcast so you can refer back to them. Again, repetition is the mother of learning. So the first thing Susie said was being open about how they are feeling. So that's me as as the as the addict, as the person of recovery. I need to be open about how I am feeling. I need to share where I'm at. Because one thing we did is leave people guessing. So the next thing Susie said was be open to how their significant other or family member may be feeling. That makes sense. Being open to how that other person may be feeling. And then... Embracing accountability and transparency. Embracing accountability and transparency. So being open about how they are feeling, being open to how their significant other or family member may be feeling, embracing accountability and transparency. Susie said, it seems like the only path forward to rebuilding trust. That is that is pretty heavy. She didn't say a path. She said the only path. And this person has not only been deeply affected by addiction from a significant other and a family member, but she has a large circle of people where she works with and they work with her to gain their wellness. And so if she says that's the only path, I know where I come from, rarely have we seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed our path. Those who do not recover are people who cannot or will not. You know, there doesn't seem to be much of an alternative there. And and I think she's saying the same thing. She said that 99% um, that the person their SO or that significant other, that they're going to be the biggest cheerleader and supporter. Wow. Isn't that nice? To have someone who supports you and to be a cheerleader and to to be that person that we harmed so badly and now they're rooting us on. So let's go back. Let's step through these things one at a time to see where where we're at with them. So... Being open, and I'll own this statement, being open about how I am feeling, right? I am the person of recovery with respect to my significant other or family member. I need to be open about how I'm feeling. You know, we were so secretive when we were out there because we couldn't tell people about what we were doing, where we were at, how we were feeling, what we were using, because they'd have left us a heck of a lot sooner, you know, than they did on whatever level they did leave, right? Physically, emotionally, spiritually, mentally. Um, 
they would have left us a lot sooner. So we were guarded with our feelings. We were liars. You know, I understand again in my recovery, we were no longer able to differentiate the true from the false, right? So now I come into this renewing, rebuilding, rejuvenated relationship. And now I've got to be honest about how I'm feeling, regardless whether it hurts or whether it's going to make that other person feel good or whether how it's going to make me feel. I need to open up about how I'm feeling because we don't want them guessing. We owe it to them and to ourselves to be open and honest. I've said it before. I'll say it again. We're only as sick as our secrets. I must share honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness. I have to be open and honest about how I'm feeling. It's, it's a cornerstone of the steps. When we look at the 12 steps of recovery, regardless of what, uh, what addiction, what background you're coming in, it doesn't really matter what the initials are, right? Um, the steps are the steps. And being open and honest about how I'm feeling is important. Be open to how they may be feeling. You know, I used to think that how someone was feeling was almost an affront to me. It was almost like a, a blockade, a stop sign. You know, it was, I took it way too personally. You know, sometimes people are just going to feel the way they're going to feel. And I want that person. I invite that individual that I had harmed, that I'm looking to reconcile with. I need them to let me know how they're feeling. I need to know how we're doing. I need for them to express their honest emotion as early as possible. Because if it's something that I just need to accept as part of the process, that's great. Let's grow together, right? We got broken together. Let's grow together. They're broken in their way. I got broken in my way. But let's let's grow together. I'm honest and open. They're honest and open. They're not denying my feeling or minimizing or 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 denying it. And I'm not rationalizing my behavior. And they're being open and honest. And I'm not throwing it back at them and saying, I don't know why you feel that way. Can't you see who I am or what I'm doing? It can't be that way. They just need to be able to share how they are feeling. And I need to take that in as maybe a tool, maybe as a guideline. Wow, I'm doing this great. Maybe I need to do more of that. Or I'm not doing this very good. Maybe I need to do that better. Or gee, I hadn't even thought about that. Maybe I should incorporate that into my life so then they will feel better about what's going on between me and them. The third thing, and I don't know if Susie realized how profound this statement is or this point, this suggestion, embracing accountability and transparency. For me in this, the key word is embracing. She didn't say being accountable and being transparent. Because we're already talking about transparency in the first suggestion about being open about how I'm feeling. I'm being transparent there. And then being accountable 
it's kind of built into the second suggestion where I allow that other person the space and the freedom to be open to share about what they're feeling. But I need to embrace the process. I, I love this word, embracing. It's not just paying lip service. Embracing means I need to appreciate it. I need to be grateful for the opportunity. I need to love it. I need to get my emotional arms around this thing and really understand what it is. Because if I'm not embracing it, part of me is rejecting it. I'm going to look at it like I looked at other things through my eyes of pride and say, well, I like that part, but I don't like that part. I need to embrace it all. Even if I don't understand it all, I need to embrace the accountability as, as part of the agreement to the reconciliation. Being accountable is something I never was when I was out there ripping and running. The only thing I was accountable to was me and the negative behavior that continued to, to identify me as that selfish and self-centered person. Now, I come and I have to be accountable to you, to someone else, to a situation, to a person, to an opportunity. And I need to be transparent and letting them know who I am. But I need to embrace it on a whole nother level. And I'm so glad that this is the only path. So Susie, thank you for that as well. It's the only path. I can't get off this path. If I get off this path, I'm going to get off the reconciliation. And man, being close to the people that we've harmed, I can't tell you how much it means to me to hear I love you from my daughter that I walked out on, my daughters that I walked out on. How much that means when, when I'm allowed to spend time with my grandchildren from them. It means everything to me. And I'm so glad that this was the only path because I'd have taken a path that was more convenient. I would have taken a path of least resistance and I would not be where I am today. In my personal recovery, 33 and a half years of personal recovery and the journey is still rocking. I'm loving every minute of it because I've embraced it and I embrace the accountability and the transparency of being open about how I feel being able to receive how somebody else is feeling. And then I sit back and I, and I watch them be my cheerleader. I watch them rooting for me because when they root for me, they're rooting for us. Because when I'm better and they're getting better, then we are better. And that's what this whole thing is about. Recovery is such a fantastic place to be. Not only for us as individuals, but for those that we want to be a part of our life. Those who were a part, who stopped being a part, but now they are a part of our life again. All right, this was Thursday's checkup. Thank you so much for being a part of this podcast. Man, I love recovery and I'm glad you do as well. Thank you so much for spending this time with me. And you know what? 
just like I go to the doctor and I get that annual, that semi-annual, that periodic checkup, and I know I'm going to be fine, and he's giving me a list of things to go do to get better, that's what we did today. And that's what we do every Thursday with the checkup. Come on back. We got more. Join us for Monday's Fix, and then I'll see you next week for Thursday's Checkup.